who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the first episode of Love's a Pitch, a podcast where people put themselves out there in hopes that the love of their life or loves of their life or secondary or thirdary uh, or friends with benefits or future ex or whatever it is they're looking for with hopes that this person or people are listening. I am inviting guests who are looking to make a connection. They think they're worthy of it and they want to talk about it. And if you're not looking for a connection for yourself, you should listen anyway and not just to play matchmaker because this is ultimately going to be a conversation exploring relationships, desires, and dating in the LGBTQ plus community. Why am I excluding straight people? I don't know how to talk to them. Okay, maybe I do, but I'm not here to promote the straight agenda, right? And that shouldn't be a surprise to those of you who already know me. I am your host, Carolyn Bergier. Thank you so much for joining. Some of you do know me already from the podcast Diking Out or maybe some of my live shows or I'm your daughter. And if so, now is a good time to stop listening, mom. Or maybe this is your first time meeting me. I'm what I consider to be the opposite of a triple threat, which is a writer, comedian and podcaster. I started Love's a Pitch as a live dating show, actually, and that happened last year on Valentine's Day at a Brooklyn lesbian bar called Ginger's. So they had asked me to do a show on Valentine's Day, and I just came up with this idea. I wanted to have people have a shot at love, but I didn't want it to be humiliating or embarrassing in any way because I had actually years ago at my sister's room in Atlanta, I was one of three contestants and there was one person they were trying to match us with. We had to answer questions. That person couldn't look at us. 
it was messy. It was embarrassing. I don't know. Nobody likes to feel rejected on a stage. Does that mean I lost? Yes, of course I lost. So I didn't want to do that to someone else. So it's a show where I had a bunch of people come up and they just got to pitch themselves to the audience. And we had some very funny comedians who asked follow-up questions, kind of like Shark Tank, which I've never really watched Shark Tank, but that's what I think happens, you know, kind of just like pressure testing the pitch. And then if you like what these people are saying, you go and shoot your shot after the show. And then if nothing happens, nobody has to know about it. If something happens, we all stare at you while you make out at the bar after. So then I took it to a bigger space in Brooklyn, a queer bar called Come On Everybody. And I've been doing it there since it's evolved. It's so fun. It's super silly, chaotic. A lot of folks on stage. This podcast is going to be a different vibe. You know, I'm not going to make people do weird challenges, mostly because we're doing it over Zoom. And while there still are going to be a lot of jokes and fun moments, at least I hope there should be, I've already recorded a bunch of these. This is more about having the deeper conversations and reflecting on what we think about ourselves as potential partners or lovers, how our past experiences have shaped us, what we understand to be our wants, needs, desires, and so much more. Wow, can you tell I go to therapy? Guests will be a mix of interesting people that I've come across through friendships, comedy, and podcasting, but there's also a general application linked on my Instagram bio. So if you want to be on this podcast, it could happen to you. Go over to TGI Carolyn on Instagram. That's T-G-I-C-A-R-O-L-Y-N and fill out the application for it. And eventually you might hear something. How promising. And while you're on Instagram, go to at loves a pitch because that's where I'll be posting clips from the episode and pictures of the guests that you hear. And then you can have fun, nice, fun, supportive fun in the comments. So I'm looking for all sorts of folks, whether you're single or poly, or even if you're unsure about what you're looking for, just anyone who's looking to make some type of new connection. It helps if you can prove that you're a real human. Also, if you're not too nervous talking on a podcast, we want this to be pleasant and fun for people to listen to. And lastly, if you're willing to bribe me. All these things help. Just kidding. Kind of. Maybe. By the way, I've set up a Patreon. You know what that is if you listen to podcasts. If not, you can go over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash loves a pitch and get access to a discord that's all about love and dating. I can give you feedback on one of your dating app profiles. There's going to be extra content, uh, Zoom hangs, etc. And etc. meaning I'm not quite sure yet because we're just getting started here. But I think there's a lot of fun to be had with this. For those of you who are just getting to know me, I identify as a lesbian. I first came out when I was 17. And that was when I had my first girlfriend. From then on, I was pretty much a serial monogamist. I eventually got married. I moved to New York. I was living in Atlanta previously. I got into comedy, got divorced. Did one thing lead to another there? Maybe it did and maybe it did. Then I very quickly started seeing the most incredible person in my life who is now my wife. I'm the luckiest. Her name is Cecilia. She goes by Sessie. And I'm sure I'll be bringing her up frequently. 
About a year and a half ago, we opened up our marriage and have dated both separately and together, which has made my already exciting life even more interesting. At least that's one way to put it. Uh, We've learned so much already, and we're going to keep learning and growing together on this journey that we're on. Okay, I know that was a lot I gave you up top, uh, especially for you, Mom, if you're still listening. Now let's get to the good stuff. It's time for you to meet our guest for this episode. We've got Karina Strom from New York City here to pitch herself today. Now, those of you who have followed my journey from my previous podcast, you might already be familiar with her as intern Karina. And if not, she's brand spanking new. But I am extra excited about this episode because I felt like, you know, you were my intern I wasn't going to talk to you about your dating life and your love life and any of that. Like that just felt. That was really appropriate, Caroline. Yeah. Yeah, that was really appropriate. (laughs) And also, am I remembering this correctly that I'm the first out lesbian you met IRL? I think you told me that once. I think you were the first out lesbian that I was like friends with. Okay. That I didn't just see in, in passing. So I was, I was very starstruck by you. I started as your intern my freshman year of college. Yes. So it, everything felt it was like I my foray into the entertainment industry, but also just like adult lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great intersection. And yeah, you know, you've come so far since those days. You've been on this uh, incredible career journey, I think. We'll get into it. But first, tell the listeners, how do you identify? I identify as a lesbian, as a cis woman. My my pronouns are she, her. I think that's all I got for you there. All right. All right. That That's all we'll give away right now. And let's just get right into your pitch. You've got one to two minutes to tell people what you're about and why they should date you. Okay. So I'll start out by saying I also identify as a Minnesotan and as a Midwesterner, okay? I was born in Minnesota, which means I was born with an actual medical condition where I am a nice and kind person. It comes with the territory, okay? I'm also very neat. I'm very tidy, almost to a concerning degree. But that brings me to my next point, which is that I have been in therapy for eight years, okay? So it's not a problem. She's evolved, Okay. She's healthy. I speak an elementary level of French, which you know, Carolyn, always something to want in a partner. I live off two major subway lines. Okay. In New York City. I'm a great masseuse. All right. Not even necessarily in a sexual context. I'm just very skilled at massage. All right. I wrote that I will commit to a bit for months, for years, for as long as I need to. A silly voice, a dumb thing between the two of us, I will commit. I have multiple Sims 4 expansion packs, almost all of them. If you're a player of the Sims, I have those at the ready for you. I will give you my login information. I am an Enneagram 2 Wing 3. For those of you who are Enneagram girlies, I am a sexual subtype, which if you're not into Enneagram, 
sounds fun and flirty. And if you are into Enneagram, it means something very different. Okay. I'm not going to tell you my astrological chart, but just know you can guess based off this. All right. I have a large collection of essential oils, soaps, and candles. And if that didn't give it away, I will tell you that I am an Alice sun, a Dana moon, and a bet rising. You know, you went just over, but I think that that last, the big three L word, I think is more important than your actual astrological signs. Can you say those one more time? So you're you're an Alice sun? I'm an Alice sun. I'm a Dana moon. And I'm a bet rising. But, you know, it, one thing that we could share as you get to know me is like, this is open for discussion. It's up for debate. And I would love to have a lively debate about that with anyone who comes my way. I love that. I can, I can see those because I think, I think mine are probably similar, except I probably think I'm an Alice sun and moon. Though I'm, o- I'm always afraid there's Tina in my chart. Like it's my worst fear. Not the Tina in the chart. That's like the insecure part of me is like, what if what if everybody thinks I'm a Tina? But because isn't your your moon kind of like who you are when you're alone with yourself in your most vulnerable and insecure state? Like I, I associate, yeah, like insecurity and just like wanting to be draped in blankets <laughs> as a Tina thing. Maybe there's a layer of Tina in your moon. I don't know. I switched mine around a few times. Because who really knows? It changes from day to day. But having Tina in the chart would be would be terrifying. I feel like the some of the secondary characters would probably come up more in like all the like planets, you know, like characters who don't appear as much also won't appear in those like big three in the chart. I think they had us in mind, like queers loving astrology, like they had us in mind doing that kind of tiered casting. Yeah, I'm surprised CoStar doesn't have an option, like a premium option that translates everything into L-word characters, and they should hire both of us to sort that out for them. I agree. I agree. And they should stop repeating, too, because we're just getting carbon copies of the same ones over and over again, and we need a bigger spectrum. That's what I think. Yes, yes. All about expanding the spectrum. But you wouldn't have time to take on that job because you're pretty busy these days. Where do you work? So I did forget a major point because I was making a point to not say it first. And and then I forgot to say it at all, which is that one of the benefits of dating me is that I do have a cool job. I do work at a we could make some dinner reservations at some places I might not regularly or may have not been able to get into before, make some calls. You know, that's some of the benefits. Karina's fancy now. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is incredible. I love this journey for you. Even though you are drinking wine with ice cubes in it right now, red flag number one for our listeners. Why? So I, I, okay, let me explain. I almost, I never drink wine with ice in it, but I'm on this like very gay 
natural, sulfite-free, vegan, unfiltered, organic wine shit like journey right now. Yes, yes. And this is one that's supposed to be like super chilled when you drink it. And it's kind of not good if it's not really cold. So I'm making an exception for this wine and this wine only. And I... I'm glad I got that out there. You're getting fancier by the second. Listeners, Karina's here <laughs> with like candles lit with her fancy ass wine chilled to perfection, wearing a smart blazer, just crushing it. Look, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It happened quickly. It was a it was a quick upswing into the fancy lifestyle. But that is only the one part of my chart. It's what I'm putting out to the public. And I think when I'm alone, I, I'm just Midwestern e- eating McDonald's. And I'm just like a down-to-earth girl. You know, at the end of the day, I don't let the fame get to me. She contains <laughs> multitudes. She's staying grounded. <laughs> Let's talk about this massage thing. Is this like a skill you had to pick up for survival in the Midwest? <laughs> like, is that how you like sucked up to your friend's moms? You're like, Debbie, you look tense. <laughs> I feel like it was definitely like, some aunt, you know, would give me $3 to give her background or something. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's perhaps a natural skill. I also have very, very cold hands, naturally very poor circulation. And I think that that actually aids the massage because if you get like migraines, headaches, whatever, it's like I'm putting an ice pack on you. But it's just my resting state. Great. So all you migraine-ridden cuties (laughs) (laughs) out there, this is definitely a perk. Let's go back to quickly, because I I meant to ask, who's the the coolest celebrity you've met? Like the one that you've been the most like, ah, about? Which lesbian? (laughs) Or, Or was it not? Yes, meeting Fletcher was a delight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did meet Fletcher in Miami. She was absolutely lovely. It's a close tie because I also met Brandi Carlisle recently. And I think Fletcher was someone that obviously is many degrees away from me, but not that many degrees away from me. And she's younger. And, you know, we, we have people in common and... She's on TikTok and, you know, I felt like I could really like chat with her somewhat naturally, but like Brandy Carlisle is a superstar. Like she, and she just like emanates powerful, cool celebrity energy and her outfits and her beautiful British wife who was there and just, I mean, she was hosting us now. So she was like soaking in all of that as well, but was so, 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 so sweet and so kind. That might be number one. Yeah, yeah. And that's no knock to Fletcher. No. Like, I, I get the the different, you know, Brandy Carlisle is kind of more like legendary. You've been following her for years, Fletcher. Though you, if I remember correctly, you were into lesbian YouTube. Yes, so like Shannon had been on your radar for years yes. and then is that was that your like entree into Fletcher with Shannon? Yes. And so sorry for anybody who's like, what are they talking <laughs> about? But also get on TikTok and get up to speed. If I can do it, you can. Yes. One of the benefits of dating me is that I will and can create a 
you know, a presentation, we can work through this. I've got all of this up here to work you through like all of the YouTube timeline. I did watch Shannon Beveridge and Cami Scott videos back in the day of like very long, very boring YouTube blogs of lesbians who met on Tumblr just kind of walking around and doing a little card game challenge and drinking a beer. And like they, I mean, they said so much yet also nothing. So I knew about Fletcher because to me, she was Shannon Beveridge's new girlfriend who happened to be a singer. And now how the tables have turned. Right. I mean, there was a time where I would say lesbians just had to exist to have a following. Like if you could exist in the public sphere, you had a fan base. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And we still, I mean, I think we still do it to a different degree, but we definitely still do that. Yeah, I mean, Gen Q has, has three seasons now. <laughs> right. If, if you think of shows that have been canceled after one season, yeah. the bar can never be low enough for us. And like, this is not me, you know, shitting on any of us because just today my coworker was talking about someone she knows tangentially that's a lesbian I had never heard this woman's name. I knew none of the mutual people we were talking about. I go on Instagram. I was already following her. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell you a single thing about that woman. We had 25 mutuals and I was already following her. And, you know, sometimes you just want to keep tabs, I think, or at least I do. Okay, so committing to the bit is something you said you're willing to do. Does that parlay into your commitment to relationships? Are you quick to commit? Ooh, what a question. I don't think I am particularly quick to commit. Not that I'm afraid to commit, but I think I'm very conscious of the U-hauling stereotype around me. And I definitely am careful about pumping the brakes in that regard. I think the bet rising comes out when I'm very, very career oriented and very career focused. And it's like, I don't have time to like pump the absolute gas on a relationship to make it be the first thing. Even if I wanted to, I don't really think that I could. But where I am not a bet rising is that I am not a freak about commitment and monogamy. <laughs> Wait, you're not you're not a freak about commitment and monogamy. So you're you're non-monogamous? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying I'm saying Bet can't handle monogamy and oh, can't handle Got it, got it. And I'm saying I don't relate to Bet in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I can I can sit comfortably with a monogamous partner unlike Bet Porter. Got it. Got you're not a cheater. Correct. Yeah, you're young. There's still time. No, I'm just kidding. I I don't see there that for you. There is so much time. But there is a lot there's of time. So much time. But even though there's so much time, you're you're not messing around. You want a wife. You're looking for a wifey. Yep. Why? <laughs> well, I did answer your little questionnaire uh, <laughs> pre, you know, preparing for this, saying that I that the goal of this podcast was to find a wife, and. I, no pressure. I don't actually, yeah, no pressure. Don't actually want to get married right now, but I feel like it's more of an energetic, I don't want to mess around with people that I don't really like. Yeah. 
I only like to bring people into my circle in friendships and relationships and whatever that I actually really like. I don't have time to like fuck around. And so I'm not actually looking to like have a wedding ceremony anytime soon, but I'm not really just dating around like to just meet people that I think are so-so and hang around and whatever. Right. Like maybe, maybe some younger people are. Right. You have um, celebrities to tend to. And if <laughs> if you have uh, some free time that you're not putting toward, you know, taking over some media empire at, at, at some point, mm-hmm. which you're on track to do, you want to make sure you're investing in someone that's going to have long-term returns for you. That's someone that's worth investing your time in. So practical. So practical. Yeah. You sound like my therapist, Carolyn, and you're so right. <laughs> it is indeed practical. Exactly. I don't want to don't want to waste my time. I'm picky. I don't want to put up with things. What are some red flags for you? Like what are some things that 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 pop up that you're like, "Nope, she's out." That help you like speed up the process. Ooh, that's such a good question. Someone this is a little bit more on the serious side, but someone who's very quick to anger mm. and quick to arguments escalates emotions very quickly to like fighting, being angry, getting defensive, that's a no. Raising your voice, absolutely not. That will not be happening. It will not be tolerated or accepted in any way. If I get a sassy text that's like passive aggressive, whatever, no thank you. That's a no. I think when a woman is like, all my exes were crazy, She was so crazy. Oh, my God. She wronged me. I did everything right. She was so crazy. She was a bitch. She was this. You're the problem. Yeah. Is my guess. That's a no. I really I really do look at people's friends a lot. Mm. If people have a lot of bad, toxic friends around them that are like that are encouraging toxic or like self-destructive behaviors no, thank you. Or friends that they're constantly fighting and people are in and out and there's all this drama. Like, we're all too old for that. Yeah. I've had my share of, you know, friend drama, but when it drags on and on and on, I think that's a really bad look. It's a lot of just how people talk about other people. And this isn't really a red flag, but I, I judge people a lot on conversation. And if, I go on a date with someone. I'm a very extroverted person. And if I'm coming in with the questions and I do my research, I got things to ask about. I'm asking about your job. I'm asking about your family. I remember things that you said. I'm going to bring it back up. I'm going to ask you how you felt about it. We're going to like get into it. If I'm like absolutely pitching a volume them over and the returned question ratio is so low, I don't want to have a conversation with you anymore. And it's not even that I necessarily want to talk about myself. It's just like the effort that I'm putting into this conversation is not being returned at all. Sure, That's like my number one thing that I pick up on, not necessarily a red flag of a bad person, but I will pick up on that very quickly that we're not having a back and forth I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Anyway, Carolyn, how are you? <laughs> How's the family? <laughs> How's how's upstate? <laughs> Seen any good shows recently? <laughs> I did see a great show. Yeah. Oh, what'd you see? You know what? I'm going to plug it here. I don't know when this episode's coming out and if it's still running, but if you are in the New York area, you have to see Sam Morrison and his one-man show, Sugar Daddy. I saw it at the Soho Playhouse and it was phenomenal. I've heard it's great. I, I'll have to go. Listeners, meet me there. Yeah, if, if you have time to check it out during its run, it's really, it, it blew me away. And, and Sam's somebody that, you know, I've done shows and mics with him before, and I've heard him work out some of these bits to the show, and I was wondering how it would all come together. And it was, I was laughing, like, out loud the entire time. It was so funny and so wow. good. that's great. But that's all. Back to you, Karina. <laughs> <laughs> what's with the sims why, why the sims why are you so into the sims i mean i i played the sims i'm shocked that it's crossed these generational lines and it is still going that they're still moving their arms above their heads or has it evolved from i what what are the sims up to are they lesbians are they queer are they inclusive i was literally just gonna say my sims are already all lesbians so you don't even it's taken care it's of. It's an Olivia Cruz. It's an Olivia okay. Cruz in there for sure. Honestly, I haven't played Sims in a few years, but I was thinking about. But you're ready. You're ready. I, I'm ready. If anyone to wants go. to jump back in, I was literally just thinking of what collections of material possessions do I own because I live in a very very tiny apartment, and I was like, sure. what do I even have to offer? Um, right. And one of them is The Sims. And um, I will say it has evolved. You can you can do all sorts of like adjusting. There's like an adjustment when you make your Sim where it's like instead of just selecting man or woman, it'll be like, can this Sim get pregnant? Can this Sim pee standing up? Oh, which clothes do you want to pick from? Like and then you can just shape the body and do whatever. So it's, it's a real expansive universe they've created. Yeah, they've really eliminated the binary. I love how you're thinking about like this modern day dowry that you're looking to <laughs> offer your future wife. And you're like, 
I may not have grandma's antique jewels, but I do have the Sims expansion pack. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I was thinking, I was thinking goods and services. Okay. Uh, we got maybe one to two goods in that list, a few services. I have to present what I can provide. I'm not judging at all. Uh, Cecilia had a lot of Legos and I was into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, there you go. You got to present yeah. that up front. Exactly. Yeah, it's something I wouldn't necessarily buy for myself anymore, but I love them at one point and now they're available to me whenever I want. And anytime, yep. you know, I'm sick for a few days, I'm like, bring out that uh, Lego set. <laughs> Do you guys share clothes? Can you share clothes? Have you? Do you? Yes, I we can. We share a little bit, but not not as much as you would think. I mean, we're similar in size, but it's only like if we really need to. I think we just have like our different styles. Yeah, you guys have different styles. This is yeah. true. This is true. I will say I'm willing to share clothes. Putting that out there. I'm, get, I'm putting everything on the table, everything I own for this. You know, that's a slippery slope. I, I had an ex that I shared clothes with more often, but she was a smaller pant size. So we bought like mm. a suit and we both we shared the blazer, <laughs> but we had the different pants and then we broke up and it was like, well, who gets the blazer, you know? And these are... Oh, that's... Yeah, that's rough. So you're on the apps from my understanding, right? Yes, I am. Yep. Which apps are working best for you? And like, how long do you communicate with a person on the app before you're like, okay, I'm ready to meet them in person? Do you like to go through that quickly? I do. I really think that communicating a lot pre a date is a not a good measurement of how an in-person conversation is going to go at all. Right. And B, I think it puts a weird pressure on your meeting. If like you text, let's say you like text all day, every day for three weeks. And then of course, it's so fun to go to your friends and be like, oh my gosh, we're just, we can't stop texting. We haven't even met. Then like, let's say you meet the person and it doesn't work. Now, for some reason, it feels like you've been dating for a month when really right. you had like w- one drink for 45 minutes and all the emotions seem high and the stakes feel weird. And it's like, yeah, I think it just kind of throws everything off. I think after meeting up one time, I'm like, sure, I'll let's communicate. But I like to like, I think it is is much better to meet up with someone sooner. And regarding the apps, I think... Hinge has been the best. I'm only on Hinge and Raya. And honestly, as much as I am paying real American dollars for Raya, I almost never have a match. I think I've, I went through every lesbian or queer woman on Raya within a few weeks and I matched with who I matched with and I didn't match with, you know, 99% of the people. And now they just kind of keep recycling them. And they're like, hey, remember this woman in New Zealand? Do you want her? Are you sure? And I'm like, no, like, because it, it assumes that you are 
rich and famous enough to like jet fly set anywhere. To, yeah. Yeah. To like jet set everywhere, I guess, is the idea, something like that. Or maybe they think you just are trying to network and you're never going to actually meet up with the person. But I haven't found it super practical. That's what I've heard, too. I mean, any lesbian I've known or bisexual woman who's like looking for women, they're like, there are so few women looking for women on Raya and they're all international for some reason. But but you're holding out. You're holding out. Who are you hoping is just going to like bloop up Papa. on your riot? Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. You know who I did see? Did you watch the like lesbian Hallmark Christmas movie about the Christmas tree farm? I didn't, but I am familiar. <laughs> you are familiar? Yeah. Not the Zoe Deschanel bangs looking girl, but the okay. other girl. I saw her and I used one of my very few direct message things where you don't just like the person but you can like actually send them a note and I actually sent her a note and I think my fatal flaw was that I was like I saw the Christmas movie and I should not have said that I should have kept that to myself because I think it was not a good look I don't know I think I think that if like you're claimed a famous Hallmark movie you're really excited to know that that people watch that right true but is that the kind of person that you want to match with? That's true. She could have said thank you and moved on. But yeah, who do I want to see? I mean, I'm always hoping Jennifer Aniston is going to pop out of nowhere. And <laughs> come to the dark side. Um, she's not, but that's okay. I mean, so many celesbians are, are married off. They're taken. Brandy's betrothed, you know? Yeah, I'd be happy to see a lot of them just because I think it's such a weird, intimate thing to like see someone's dating profile. Sure. Like I, I always see Halsey on there and like, I don't want to date Halsey, but I think it's so funny that like Halsey's just like snapping, you know, mirror pics like the normal. I'm probably going to get kicked off for even saying <laughs> <laughs> any of this, but I'd be I'd be happy to see any lesbian on there, really. Yeah. There are so few people. Jojo Siwa. Yeah, I mean You wouldn't you wouldn't go for her. That's not your type. I wouldn't. No, not my type at all. Describe your type. I I won't say that my type is necessarily older, but I do have a pattern. <laughs> not a rule, but a pattern of dating older. Most of my celebrity crushes are older. Most of the people I've dated longer term have been quite a bit older. What does your therapist have to say about that? Um, well, honestly, because she's another Enneagram two wing three, I think she's kind of egging me on about that. And she's like, oh, it makes sense. Oh, you've, you've so evolved. Oh, of course you would go for someone older. And I'm like, should you be reprimanding me a little bit more about this one? <laughs> I don't really have like a, t a type looks wise. I mean, I like femme women generally. I don't really like to be taller than the person that I'm dating, but I'm not very tall. So that's not hard to find. Yeah. I think that that kind of covers it. I don't want, I don't want to, um, limit yourself. Yeah. I don't want to limit myself. Yeah. For the sake of the pot. Yeah, I mean, I would say 
that I, I'm kind of around the the same or it, it's like femme enough is like mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. kind of my type because if I lined up my exes, they would be all over the place, but sure. they all, I guess what you would consider femme, at least at the time that I was dating them. Right, right. Yeah, I feel like everyone I've I've dated has like a kind of more traditionally femme look, but there's a pretty solid spectrum of like what energy is behind the look which i'm not picky about it sounds like you really want to be able to borrow their clothes <laughs> look i have a lot of blazers but i could do with more <laughs> as always i also have to point out that we do have the same zara suit we do have the same zara suit which is a great suit do you always get compliments on it too Oh, I always get compliments on it. I feel like it's also very popular with femme lesbians. Like it is. It's perfect. It's perfect because it's it's a suit, but it's tailored and it has flowers, but it's not like super like hyper girly, frilly flowers. It's like still sleek and black. It just has a nice detailing. It's very classy. You could do it with heels. You can do it with sneakers. It's a great suit. I'm sure your fans know the suit <laughs> that you're referencing. You know, I, I post it here and there, but it, uh, that's the thing, though, when you have like a nice suit like that, you can't wear it too often because then people are mm. like expecting it. You got to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, they're all waiting in the seats at your shows. Just like, is she going to wear it? I think she might wear it. It's been it's been three months. No, it's been four I think it's time. It's coming back out. You know, I did meet somebody at uh, this like lesbian circuit party in Orlando called Girls in Wonderland. And she was like, oh, you're the one who hosted those L word watch parties at Henrietta Hudson. The one with the suits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm known a little bit around work for having a suit or having a blazer. Yeah, you have a good uh, structured wardrobe game. I would say. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think that that's something that uh, some women are into. So how many times have you been in love before? Would you say? Ooh. I think... I think I've probably been in love twice. Okay. But I was talking to a friend of mine where we're like, we were discussing the difference between loving someone and being in love with someone. Because I think there's definitely probably one of those people that I was just, I just loved. And I don't know if it was, it was a very classic lesbian, young lesbian yearning situation where I felt all those love feelings, but it wasn't like, I was in a loving relationship with her, but I think I was feeling love. I was feeling in love for the first time, but it, you know, I don't know. Maybe those are a little bit different. Are you usually the one who makes the first move or do you like someone making the first move? Hmm, That's a good question. I do often make the first move. I think the question is, do I like to do it? (laughs) I do it very often. Same girl. (laughs) 
Yeah, I do. I, I, I do it very often. I wonder how much I like it. I mean, I think it's, it's funny because there are kind of different ways to interpret what the first move is. Like, I think if you're like on a first date with someone, is the person who like scooches closer and like touches somebody's leg under the table the first move? And you, if you're the one inching closer the whole night and like leaning in and doing a little laugh and an arm touch and that whole thing, and then at the end of the night, the other person does a first kiss, do they get all the credit? Like I did all of the the other work. Like right, I set right. you up. I'm opening the door and saying, here you go. Come on in. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at that. But I mean, I, I like when other people make the first moves, but I don't want them to assume that that's going to be how it is because that would bruise my ego. But I think at the end of the day, I do, I do like it. I just want them to recognize that I'm also capable. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves a bad date story. Do you have one that that you can share? <laughs> um, yes. I mean, I have many. I think that it's funny when I talk to my straight girlfriends and we compare bad date stories and theirs are like literally attempted crimes. They're like with someone who should be in prison. And then mine are just like social faux pas, you know? So yours are it, like it, Judy Gold yelled at us at a comedy yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, Judy Gold did yell at me on a first date. That's true. Oh, that is a good story. Um, I have a different one in mind. Listeners okay. can just imagine what the hell that would be. Um, just imagine old school wonderful comedian Judy Gold yelling at me and roasting me from the stage. Um, I went out with this woman and it was, it was the, the thing of what I was describing before where I asked a lot of questions. It would be like, do you have any siblings? Yeah, two. Oh, okay. Uh, brothers or sisters? Brothers. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing where I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm working overtime to make this a normal human interaction. And it was like that for every subject of things that we were talking about. She was sitting maybe four full feet away from me at on this like booth bench thing that we were in, which is fine. I'm not saying you have to sit close to me, but it's just the energy was completely off. We had nothing to eat. We had only a full bottle of wine that she ordered without it. And I was like, I guess I'm committing to a full bottle of wine. Okay. And it kind of spiraled into her tearfully venting and complaining about hardships in her life to me as if I was her close friend of many years, you know, oversharing things about her very recent boyfriend that she had just left and moved out of the apartment. And then it was her talking about how she she worked in, I think, like marketing or finance or something. But she was talking about how really she thinks she could be a stand-up comedian. Oh. And nope. she had it she had a notes app with funny things from the world. Fake an emergency. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she had noticed just 
just funny things. And some of the funny little New York observations that she had seemed to be just kind of unhoused people existing on the train. My first guess, my first guess <laughs> was that it was going to be about people who are not at their best points in life. And <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's the classic like you know, came from a very wealthy upbringing, just moved to New York, and, oh, I could be a comedian. Here's some funny things that I saw, and it's just, like, an actually tragic interaction with, like, a stranger on the first time you've ever been on public transportation. I was like, oh, my God, and she wanted me to, you know, connect her with people in comedy, blah, 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 and wanted me to tell her if I thought she was good, and and I don't mean this to be harsh, but then again, I do. She was one of the most boring people I've ever met. And I don't think that she should ever do comedy or anywhere close. To, she should not get close to a microphone ever. <laughs> so that was bad. Kind of a lot of similar, just like, oof. I think I, I have something in my face or in my energy that makes people just start talking spare no details, vent, cry, dump, share, whatever, the boundaries are gone. Maybe that's just queer women. I'm not sure. But when you're not into the person, it's a real, it's a real vibe killer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, leave a little mystery, ladies. Hopefully anybody who's listening to this and is interested in Karina, do not do that. Okay. Ask, <laughs> ask your friends first. Be like, am I boring? <laughs> and if the answer is yes, don't maybe look for someone else. <laughs> don't waste Karina's time. So speaking of our audience and who you want to hear from, get specific. I mean, you can be general, of course. You don't want to mm. limit yourself too much, but like... What kind of women do you want to, to hit you up? Wow. Do they have to be based in New York? They do have to be based in New York. Okay. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you're into like tortured long distance relationships or not. I'm not. I would really, really prefer someone who's based in New York. If you're not based in New York, but you really think that we are soulmates, go ahead. But I'd really, really love someone based in New York. I'd love someone who's driven and has a lot of passions, whether that passion is your work or another thing, just interests and hobbies. And even if those interests are like pop culture things, just something that you love and you're passionate about that I can hear you talk about and I can talk about mine. Someone who has great friends who has maybe a queer community around them, someone who is confident and self-assured and really in tune with themselves and is has done the work, is evolved, is emotionally intelligent and smart and funny. I just keep going for 30 minutes. You're like, uh, we've got to cut this down for the pod. Yeah. If I think if you listen to me talk for however long this was, I trust that maybe you're someone I would get along with. Because I think if, if we weren't compatible, you would have been like, oh, my God, she's annoying. And close the app. <laughs> Completely. 
I don't know. Maybe they're sticking around for me, Karina. Did you think about that? What, oh, what's your, you're right. What's your age, right. your age limit? Low end, high end? I would say low 25, high 39. Okay. So big range. Celine Dion doesn't make the cut. <laughs> Celine does not make the cut. Unfortunately, she's in she's in her own category. She's a special exception. Is it like must love Celine, like must love dogs? But your thing is like you have to or is that like just a bonus? You actually must love dogs and you actually must love Celine. Those are both real. Okay. Yes. You don't want somebody you want to be on a road trip with someone. You put on your one of your 10 Celine Dion playlists. Uh huh. (laughs) And they're like, what is this nonsense? Turn it off. You'd have to like jump out of the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. That can't be happening. I would like to hear only praise of her incredible vocal abilities and absolutely no criticisms. You can take those elsewhere. I don't want to hear them. Great to know. How do you want people to get in touch with you? I would love if people contacted me via Instagram. My Instagram is at Karina underscore strom and i think that's really all i have for the for the contact as of now i guess you could call carolyn's home phone line and just leave (laughs) a message for me maybe she could transfer the call but yeah instagram is best instagram listen up listeners because even though karina is no longer a freshman in college she will always hold an intern-sized place in my heart so don't be a fucking (laughs) creep okay Do not be a creep. (laughs) Treat her like a lady. Thank you for looking out for me. Or else we got to shut it down. Change my Instagram at if one person messes it up. No, thank you, Carolyn. I I appreciate the uh, protective first lesbian I ever met in real life. (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs) Always, always here for you. Uh, Well, good luck. And I hope that you find your future wifey. Not getting married anytime soon, but I hope you find your future wifey through this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a delight. Karina is truly such an impressive person. She goes after what she wants and she works hard for the things she's passionate about. I'm always so happy to run into her at events around the city because she is so fun to talk with. And that is my little bonus pitch for Karina. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please follow me on Instagram at TGICarolyn and follow the pod account to see clips from this interview and images of Karina at Loves a Pitch. If you want to support queer love and help keep this podcast going, go to patreon.com slash loves a pitch. And one last super important thing you can do is go to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast five stars, write a review that will help other people find it and help us grow the community of babes who are going to be pitching themselves. This podcast is produced and edited by Caitlin White and the music is by Tin Mountain Audio. Thank you all for listening. Now I'm off to try to recreate the dinosaur weekend with The Sims. Thank you. 
You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy. But how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were, and it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But... I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.